0: did you know that your day you before you know Like your baby before.
1: this morning. glory to God. Well, I said Pastor Mike would be back today and he's not.
0: <laughs> uh, Change he, of was getting,
1: he was getting ready to they were closing out the fire that was here and, uh, and, uh, and then the fire on i-40 broke out. Uh, and that started from an auto accident uh, is what started that fire and uh, so they're working that fire. The ICP which is the incident command center is still here in Murphy. But they're on a satellite station in Waynesville, and that's where Pastor Mike is. Uh, but our prayers for rain seem to be coming to pass because it looks like on Tuesday, maybe even starting tomorrow night, that there should be a fire season, a fire season rain event, ending rain event. I've got to get all my words in order. It <laughs> looks like there should be enough rain coming in that fire season for the rest of winter should be over. That's what what that means. Uh, So we want that rain to come in. We want it slow. We want it steady. And we need a half inch or more. We need it to just saturate the ground. And then our fire season will be over until spring uh, or until Florida dries out through the winter months Uh, because, you know, they're the first ones up to bat in the spring. Um, So then he'll be home for a while. So uh, just keep them in prayers. It looks like everything's starting to wind down. And we should have him back in the house on Wednesday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We will have Wednesday night service. I know a lot of y'all were concerned, but because a lot of y'all, you know, you're like, "This is who. This is my life." <laughs> um, so we will have a service for you guys Wednesday night. Um, so don't don't freak out. Uh, probably not going to do Friday night prayer uh, that week uh, because everybody's going to be doing family and what have you. So we'll skip prayer uh, this coming Friday. Uh, But thank you to everybody that came out for our soup and chili night. We had so much good soup and food, and it was delicious. Um, So we had a good time with that. And the movie had a little rough spot, had a little sadness, but it turned out to be excellent and good in the end. You know, it's hard to find a Christian movie that doesn't have some, some problem in it because... You know, you have to have some tragedy for Jesus to show up. Like, it's just kind of (laughs) hard. I'm like, I I went through a bunch of them trying to find something that had no, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. I was like, well, this one has a really good ending at least. (laughs) But it was a good movie. Um, And then um, before we do our meditations, of course, the next fellowship that we have is our Christmas fellowship. That's when we like to get together and sing Christmas carols and uh, play our fun Christmas games. Of course, we'll do our, our Naughty Reindeer games. Um, and it looks like this year we're going to do it at Julie's place. Last year we had it catered in-house. This year it's just really on my heart to um, support Julie's business because uh, if you're not aware, Julie actually closed on Sundays to honor God. She had, that's why she actually closed, is so that her and her staff could go to church and, uh, and, and uh, develop a relationship with God. Uh, so I thought it was a really good thing for the church to support her and her staff. Uh, so we'll go in and uh, the church will pay for everything. If you would like to plan to bless her and her staff with some extra, that would be great. Uh, but the church is going to pay for all the food. And, of course, we'll, you know, take care of the staff as well. But, you know, that will speak tremendously to her and her staff. So we're working on all the details. I still have to get all the details, but we should be eating. we should be meeting there at six. I believe this is a good time. We're going to be there. Uh, we'll still get to do our songs. Uh, we'll still get to play our reindeer games, and of course we'll eat and have wonderful fellowship. Um, so normally, for years we've done bring like a ten or fifteen dollar gift, uh, and then last year, the last two years we were like we'll add an ornament to it, and well the Christmas or decor and the decor. Was so much fun last year. Um, I think Deborah, we're, somebody's going to have to up their game if maybe we can't convince Miss Deborah to come. Uh, but um, so I'm not. We're, Pastor Mike and I are not being picky about this. Bring an ornament. Bring a Christmas decoration. Bring a gift. We're not being fussy at all. Um, but the theme is is Christmas. That's the theme. And uh, you know, and um, you know, don't go crazy. If you buy a hundred dollar gift and go home with a five dollar gift, and you're going to be upset about it, don't buy the hundred dollar gift. You understand what I'm saying? Keep it reasonable. Everybody lives on different budgets. Keep it reasonable. Uh, so that we'll do that. And then December 25th, Christmas Day, we'll have service that evening, and we're going to do that as a worship service. We're just going to come in and just worship God. I'm sure God will give us some type of message uh a short one but really we're just going to come and just honor god for everything that he does and then january 1st that's our normal friday night prayer but the lord just really impressed it upon my heart that in that service we're really going to get in there and intercede for those that don't know christ for the for the lost and for the backslidden and that's going to be our focus because if you can get a nation to turn back to christ you can turn the nation So that's that's just on my heart Um, for January 1st. You know, it's great. Best way to start the year is with prayer. And then, of course, April 18th through the 20th, we're going to go to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. And let's not forget, it's Kathy's birthday. Yay! We're going to celebrate her birthday. She's going to go with us, and we're going to celebrate that. And then uh, July 8th through the 12th is going to be Generation Life Youth Camp. And, of course, you'll have stuff all in between there. But those are the big events for this coming year. Um, And then, of course, our service times are all in there. How to find us online is in there. Uh, Meditation for the week. I picked uh, John 15, 10, and 11. I think these two verses just go together so great. Um, And it's kind of like, where's the in him? Well, you'll see it. (laughs) He said, uh, these are the words of Christ. And Christ said, if you keep my commandments, in other words, if we'll keep the commandments of Christ, then you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So where it says my joy, how much you know? If we're in Christ, we have his joy. Um, and, but his joy is attached to us being obedient to do the commandments of God. So let's confess this together. I keep Jesus' commandments. I abide in his love. Even as Jesus kept the Father's commandments, sorry, my, anyways, and and abide in his love, Jesus spoke these words, so that his joy does remain in me, and my joy is full. I know it's a busy week this week, but put your bulletin somewhere where you're going to see it multiple times, multiple times throughout the week, and meditate on this because you know the holiday season, especially if you're a Black Friday shopper, your joy can get uh, come under pressure. Your joy can come under pressure, so you know just keep this. I'm abiding. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the commandments. I'm abiding and I'm staying in joy, uh, and then healing. I did two verses again because you know the more you get. The, the more you get the word in you, and the verses start connecting, the more real it becomes. Uh, heal. So this is First Corinthians twelve twenty-eight, and it says, "And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. And if we miss, if we're not careful, we'll miss it. After that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues." You know, I really believe that a lot of Christians that are suffering with sickness is because they reject the church. Because it's in the church that the miracles and the healings lie. It's within the church body. Uh, So if you're not coming to church, if you're not getting where the gifts have been given, you know, how much do you know? On Christmas morning, you got to go, you you know, your presents don't show up in your bedroom. You got to go to where the gifts are. Uh, you know, and you know, and uh, when we were kids, we always went to Granny's house, and then we went to the other Granny's house, and then we went to Mom's house. I mean, you know, we were we were on the hunt for gifts, and uh, Christians need to be on the hunt for gifts, and where they find them is in the church house. Matthew 11:12 says, "And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force." Now, that verse can be very confusing if you don't understand what he's talking about. But how much you know? Faith pulls down. Faith is an action. Faith requires. Faith takes. Believe it or not, faith takes. How did you get saved? You took your salvation. How do you get healed? You take your healing. And, uh, and you take it with a, with a mindset of I will not be denied. I will not be denied. So let's confess this. My Father God has already set miracles and gifts of healings in his church for me. Y'all read so good. Good job. (laughs) All I have to do is reach out and receive them by faith. Yep. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. We're so excited to have Dakota and Christina, little Katie, with us. She's so sweet and so cute. You move those toys anywhere you want to so you can be comfortable. It's, it's a joy to have them in the house. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we honor you. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy. Father, we thank you in advance for angelic assistance this morning. Father, we thank you that as we come together to praise and to worship and to give thanksgiving, that the angels come and accompany us in giving you praise and honor, that you come down, Father, that you yourself come down, that the Lord Jesus comes down, that the Holy Spirit's already here, that you come and you you fellowship with us as we worship you in prayers of praise and prayers of thanksgiving. And, Father, we thank you for it. And Father, as we prepare this time to just, uh, to, Father, as we as we're setting ourselves to seek You, we ask that You set, help us to set our minds and our hearts, open up the eyes of our understanding, open up the ears of our that we may be able to hear the spiritual truths that You're dropping upon us today. Father, give us a good, give us the, or give our hearts, make our hearts good ground, Father God. Father, we come with an expectant heart this morning to hear from you and to make changes and to make adjustments. For Jesus came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Father, that word repent, Father, we know and we understand it means change. So, Father, we set ourselves this morning to change. And, Father, we glorify you and we magnify you. And, Father, we thank you for your answered prayers towards Derek's life. Father, we're so thankful that he had such a supernatural procedure. Father, we thank you that his, that his recovery is supernatural, that his body is well able, his body is healthy, whole, and restored. Father, we thank you that he's able to help us enter into your courts this morning. And, Father, we give you honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people say, Amen and Amen. You got your card? All right. Glory to God.
2: Good morning, Disciples Alice. It's really good to be here this morning. It's very good to be here this morning. Um, Let's stand up and do our confession together. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am reared to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Amen.
3: Sing to our God, One, two, three, four.
0: Glory to your name, Father God. Let the Lord. we
3: yes 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 glory glory glory
1: father glory 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 thank you father father for your word tells us that you do your your goodness your blessings father that they that they do chase us before you've commanded them to us and father we thank you for the goodness father we thank you that you sent your goodness and your love to us even when we didn't even walk with you father we're so thankful and we give you honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Well, turn around and greet somebody as you're seated. Uh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She's so sweet. Well, Miss Katie, she's so incredibly sweet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Before we get started, it's just really on my heart this morning – to greet our family all over the world, we've got family family of God that could join us online in Africa, and we welcome them this morning. Uh, we've got people in um, in uh, the United Kingdom, a couple different places in the United Kingdom. We welcome them this morning. Uh, we've got somebody, a couple of people in the Philippines, over in, in, in uh, over in uh, Korea. Actually, there's some people in South Korea that lying on with us. Um, but it's just really on my heart, we've got somebody in France that logs in, we've got people in Canada, and of course we've got people all across the United States, um, so praise the Lord, we just wanted to tell y'all, uh, we love you, we're praying for you. Uh, you, you, God's on your side, God's chasing you down with his blessings also, that was just really on my heart this morning, I don't normally acknowledge a lot of our online stuff, um, But this morning, the Lord just really impressed upon me to especially greet those in Africa. For some reason, uh, whatever the reason, maybe you need a little encouragement this morning in Africa. Africa, we love you. (laughs) And uh, we're so thankful for you. And we're so thankful that the word is being uh, distributed there in Africa. Praise God for it. Um, You know, um, it was prophesied. I was so thrilled to see that we had people in the Philippines and uh, there was somebody uh, in Tokyo actually uh, at one point um, and in Korea because it was prophesied that before Jesus could come back that the bamboo curtain in China would have to come down, and then it would come very it would come down very swiftly, very suddenly, very quickly, and then it wouldn 't be far after that before Jesus returned um, and We know that there 's a huge Christian movement underground in China um and you know of course we've been praying you know that's how a lot of people y'all, y'all some of y'all younger people won't remember this uh but i distinctly remember you know they had the communist wall they had the great wall uh the berlin wall and and the great and the communist curtain there um and i in fact pastor mike was actually in germany stationed on base in germany when the berlin wall came down and we actually I might not should say this out loud but because uh, it's not okay, but we actually have a few pieces of the Berlin Wall, little pieces of the Berlin Wall. Um, you know, uh, So that was such a, just a magnificent moment in history, and a lot of people think it was a political thing. No, there were people praying, hundreds of thousands of people praying for many, many, many years for those walls to come down. Uh, and so that's how the walls in China, the, the bamboo curtains going to come down and in other areas as well. Uh, every time we meet for prayer, we pray that those that sit in darkness would come to know the great light of Jesus Christ uh, and to set people free. So uh, our prayers go out to you. This morning, um, he, we were singing that song, and, uh, you know, your your uh, your goodness, you know, kind of chases me down. And I just heard in my spirit, is that biblical? Like, so, And it wasn't God asking that. It was, you know, it was like, you know, somebody somewhere is asking that. Well, turn to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, let's just answer that question. Is it biblical? Well, Deuteronomy 28 starts off in verse 1, and it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Um, you know, and some people might look at that and say, Well, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not even above my household. Uh, and he's talking about... He's not just talking about that. Uh, He's talking about in the spirit realm as well as the natural realm. But here's my question Are you hearkening? Are you hearkening? He said, And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Actually, let's take out the italicized and let's say this Blessed thou in the city, blessed thou in the field. Blessed the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kinds, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed thy basket and thy store. Blessed um, thou when thou comest in, and blessed when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies to, that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. If you've got enemies coming against you, uh, get to doing the word. You won't have to deal with them if you'll get to doing the word. Uh, They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. In other words, God's going to put them on the run hardcore. He's going to put them on on the run. But then it says this. He says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. In thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hand to do, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. Look at that. It says that God will command. You don't. Many people are like, well, pray that the Lord blesses me. I tell them, no, I don't need to do that. That's that's a little shocking. Uh, no. Uh, and, 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 they, and, and how much you know that gets their attention? What do you mean you won't pray, that pray for the Lord to bless me? Well, the Bible says that if you will hearken diligently and do what the word tells you to do, that He will command the blessing, that the blessing will automatically come, and there's no need to pray for blessing because the blessing will automatically come. There's certain things in your walk with Christ that you don't have to pay that you don't have to pray for. Uh, believe it or not, salvation. You don't have to pray for salvation what you have to do is receive salvation. You don't have to pray for healing. You have to receive healing. Now, wait a minute, preacher. I thought that we had to pray the the sinner's prayer. I thought we had to pray the prayer of salvation. Go to Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Romans chapter 10. And uh, verse nine, Romans ten nine, and in Romans ten nine it says this: it says that if you shall confess, well actually I want to back up to verse eight because verse eight just helps it a little bit better. It says uh, here Paul says by the by the Holy Spirit, so this is technically the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. It says, but what saith it? The word, and that word right there is rhema in the original language. It's rhema, and that and that word rhema means the spirit-spoken word. So when you get to when you get near the spirit-spoken word, when the spirit-spoken word begins, when somebody's speaking to you by the spirit, there's something that transpires on the inside. He says, uh, "The spirit-spoken word is near you, or, or near thee." In thy mouth and in thy heart, uh, that is the word, the, the spirit spoken word of faith, which we preach. See, when you get around somebody that's talking to you about Christ, all of a sudden your your spirit on the inside, begins to go ooh ooh I want that I desire that and there's a draw the whole the, there's what we call saving faith and it's when God gives you a measure of faith to be saved that that spirit spoken word begins to stir and it gets in, and he said he said he said that spirit spoken word will even get in your mouth that spirit spoken word will even get in your mouth And then he goes on and he says, now notice there's a semicolon right here, which means what I just said is directly connected to what I'm fixing to say. And he said, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Here's what I believe. I believe that you have to confess by the Spirit. There's a lot of people that confess by the head, but you've got to confess out of the heart. And it says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart. The, all through the years, and I honestly can't come up with a better uh, example than this, all through the years of youth ministry, I used to tell the youth this. I said, you know, there's times that you want something from mom and dad, and you, go, and you do something real nice, and you clean the house, and you do something like that, and then you go to mom and dad, and, and you're like, hey, and they're like, what do you want? You know, and and most of the time you ask for something. But then there's those times that you just are overwhelmed with this love for mom and dad. Maybe you did something nice. Maybe you didn't. More than likely, you didn't. You just went to them, and you were just so sweetly and so kindly, just from from everything in you, you said, I love you. And they go, what do you want? And you're like, no, no, I don't want anything. I just want you to know that I truly love you. And it's from that place that we confess. That's from the heart. That's the place of the heart. And so he said he said this. He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus. Notice it says the Lord, not the Savior. The Lord Jesus, which means Jesus, whatever you say, you whatever you say do. I'm going to do, which takes you back to hearken diligently and be a doer. And if you're hearken diligently and be a doer, I will command that blessing. He said, uh, shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead and shall be saved. Now, here's the deal. Notice it says believe in your heart. It doesn't say believe in your head. So many people are like, well, did he really come back to this? How, how did that work exactly? I don't know. I don't know how Jonah lived in a big fish for three days. I don't know. I don't know how Jesus went down into the grave, into hell. I don't know how he walked around and went and ministered to the captives that had been there. I don't know how that works. I just know that it happened. I just know that it happened. My brain tilted a lot of things in the scripture. My brain tilted how he was striped more than 40 times and yet was able to carry the cross and hang on the cross for six hours. Like how did that how, – how could he do that? Uh, it, it, I, I've got some doctors in the house. That I'm quite sure they'll tell you that's not normal. Uh, that's not how this works, you know. Um, you know, so there's just certain things that you just have to believe. Now he says this. He says, "Thou shall be saved." That word "saved" is the word is the Greek word "sozo." S o z o sozo. And that and that word sozo means to be completely restored, completely rescued. It even means to be completely rescued from impaling death. This, this word saved doesn't just mean salvation. It also means divine healing, divine healing mentally, divine healing emotionally, divine healing physically, divine healing socially, anything that you, any type of healing that you need, it's provided through Zozo. It's provided through the redemption act uh, act of Christ. There's one other thing that was so wonderfully provided through the redemptive act of Christ, and we don't think of it as being something that we're just automatically granted uh, with when we receive salvation. But the other thing that we automatically receive is true, unrelenting, unblemished love, the fullness of love. That agape, that love that says, yeah, yeah, you've made some messes. Yep, you've messed up. Yep, you have. But you know what? I still love you. I still love you. And there's something in the word that has always troubled me. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, But first I want us to go to the book of James. Or is it John? I wasn't looking for the scripture, so I have to find it. So give me just a second. Because I wasn't looking for the scripture at all. Okay, first John four First John four first John four verse eight. First John four eight. He says he that loveth not knoweth not God. If you are without love you don't know God. And here's why for God is love. Now, I want want you to keep this in mind. God is love. So today, what we want to talk about is I want to talk to you about loving yourself. Loving yourself. This is a big problem even amongst Christians. When you can get Christians to be very honest with you, most of the time you will find that most Christians do not love themselves. Do not love themselves. Most of them don't. And then... And, and then they run across some scriptures that we're fixing to read, and then it creates just a lot of problem for them. How much you, Have you ever heard the statement, um, hurting people hurt people? Yeah. Hurting people hurt people? Yep. Why? Because you tend to do to others as you would do to yourself. So uh, I want us to look at Leviticus uh, chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. I want to see a few verses here. Now, I want you to understand that this is Old Testament. This is the Old Testament. This is the Pentateuch. This is under the law. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Sadducee, Pharisee, Christian, whatever. This scripture applies to your life as a believer. Uh, Muslims even believe in the Pentateuch. That's true. Notice it says in verse eight, chapter 19, verse 18. It says, Thou shall not avenge. This is the law. You're not to avenge yourself. In other words, you're not. He said, uh, basically, you, you don't need to. Basically, you don't need to defend. You don't need to defend. You don't need to avenge. You don't need to. Um, <clears throat> you don't have to. You don't have to put up these walls, we could say. Uh, and then he says this. He said, nor bear any grudge. Any grudge. How much? How much? Of you. What is a grudge? A grudge is some, like you hold something against someone. And it's amazing to me how many Christians hold grudges against themselves, against themselves. I mean, honestly, people will be grudging to themselves because they're short. They'll hold a grudge against themselves because they're short. You get an extremely tall person, and they'll hold a grudge against themselves because they're too tall and they don't fit into the world. I mean, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, so you know, like doors. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. He said, I mean, and it's little things. they'll just People will hold a grudge against themselves because they don't look like the model on the TV. I mean, this is a problem for ladies. There's a problem for men that I'm not fit enough and buff enough. I'm not sturdy enough. Or I'm not a man's man. This is a big problem. You know, I'm not into the cars and this and that and the other. Okay, that's fine, but they'll hold grudges against themselves. And Jesus, and here the father said, um, he said, "Nor bear any grudge against the children." Are you a child of God? You're a child of God. You know, obviously, he's talking about don't. He's he's giving the law about how to respond to other people. But if this is how you respond to yourself, and you're hurting because you have grudges against yourself, how much do you know? You're going to take your grudges that you have against yourself out on other people, out on other people. So we've got to learn to do this. He said, and then he goes on to this. He says, uh, the children of thy people, he said, don't, grud- don't have any grudges against, are you God's people and you're children of God. So you're not supposed to carry grudges. You're not supposed to avenge. He says, but uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He said, I am the Lord, I the Lord. Now, this gives me a little bit of a hard time because God's not dumb. God's not dumb. And God said, uh, but under the Levitical law, he said, love your neighbor. Now, who is your neighbor? Is it the person living next door? Is it the person you're sitting next to in church? Is it the person you're standing to in the gro- next to in the grocery store? Is it the person in the car beside you, behind you, or in front of you in traffic? You know, who is your neighbor? Uh, you know, is it, is it the old lady that lives diagonally across the road or the old man that lives, you know, three doors down? Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor's everybody. Everybody that you come in contact with is a neighbor. Um, he said you're supposed to love them as you love yourself. Well, here's the deal. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor? So why would God tell you to love yourself? If he has enough knowledge to know that we're not going to love ourselves. Well, first of all, God is love. Now go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. It said, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. If God is love and we are made in his image, then we are also love. Then we are also love. And if we're made in God's image, how much do you know there's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. See, the devil wants you to get you the devil wants you to stand in front of your mirror and he wants you to notice how one eye is bigger than the other eye. He wants you to notice how one ear is a little higher than the other ear. He wants you to know how everybody, how your ears stick out and most people's stick in. He wants you to notice that you've got this little weird birthmark here or there. He wants you to notice that your teeth are a little yellow. He wants you to notice that when you smile, your lips disappear. He wants you to notice that that's something that the the devil used to do, you know, because I would never let anybody take pictures of me and I and they would be like well you need to smile and I'm like "Mm -mm." because I really felt like when I smiled my lips like sucked in and there were no lips and I felt that's not a good look I felt like that's not a good look at all um you know the other thing is uh you know I had you know God did not give me a lazy eye, but because we're born in a dead and dying world, because we we live in a dead and dying world, I was born with crossed eyes. And because God created me to be such an amazing compensator, I compensated to the point that they couldn't, that they didn't detect it till I was almost four and a half. Well, by then they had to do surgery, and the surgeon actually came to my mom and actually said. I have, he said, I've done lots and lots of eye surgeries. I mean, I've done a lot of eye surgeries, and that child's muscle on her eye is the toughest muscle I have ever had to cut in my life. Uh, why? Because I was a compensator. I'm a compensator, just an extreme compensator. Well, that's great, except for that left with me with what they call the lazy eye. So especially when I get tired, that eye has a mind of its own, and it'll go wherever you want. So, coming, But I didn't know that. I mean, if you're looking in the mirror, you're looking straight ahead. You can't – like, how often can you look in the mirror and look at yourself and let your eyes do whatever they want? Like, I don't know. Um, So all through school, you know, I'd just be standing here just looking straight ahead, and somebody over here would be like – why are you looking at me? What are you staring at? What are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't even see you standing there. Like, what? You know? And so I was real self-conscious about that. And that, that affected my self-image. That affected how I viewed myself. I had a lot of sickness growing up. That affected how I viewed myself. Um, you know? And then there's other things, like family elements that you have absolutely zero control over that affect you. Like, my parents were divorced when I was still an infant, but yet somehow I took on that weight of it was my fault. How could a little baby, how could it be a tiny little baby's fault? Can't be. Can't be. But somehow that weight came upon me. You know, and we can look at you know, and, and then my sister and my cousin, uh, who are five and six years older, or five years, four and five years older than me. Both of them are tall. Both of them are skinny. Both of them are beautiful, blonde hair. I mean, they've got like all those, you know, and they were, they had some athletic ability to some degree, and so, and I'm over here. I am literally the redheaded child. You know with the blue eye that goes wacky and the learning disability and you know, I'm not athletic and I'm a little on the chubby. how much do you all of those things compile but that's what the devil wants you to look at. what God wants you to look at is how uniquely and wonderfully made you are how wonderful you are. do you know that uh, that your fingerprint that, that your fingers The swirls on your fingers uh, match no other person's in all of history. Nobody else has fingerprints like you have fingerprints. Nobody else has footprints like you have footprints. That's why they take the little baby's footprints when they're born. Nobody, do you know, this is crazy, I just learned this. Did you know that your tongue has its very own print? That's crazy. Like what God goes, hey, let's put everything just we're going to design their tongue with its own unique print, like wait what that's in, that's incredible, It's so incredible that God would do that. God created you, you know, and and I'm loud by nature I'm loud and and of course, people get offended by loud people. Um, and then, of course, the devil wants you to use your you, – whatever gifts and skills that God gave you for the kingdom, the devil loves to take those gifts and twist them and turn them for his kingdom. And so, you know, at one point when I was not living for God, I thought, wow, you know, oh, I can be loud and it's just who I am and you just have to accept it and da-da-da-da-da. Well, then I got into the kingdom of God and, because, and this was one of the things I said, God, I just hate that I'm loud. I hate that I, and I hate that I get so, here's another thing that God put in me that I used to think was a bad thing. He put a very strong passion in me. I am extremely passionate about certain things. And one of the things I'm extremely passionate about is my God extremely passionate but here's the deal what I've learned is that that passion that God has given me is what holds me steady in the storms of life if it wasn't for that driving passion I would have been shipwrecked already I have found that God gave me a loud voice for ministry for ministry. That's what it's for. It's not to be obnoxious in the restaurants. It's not to bulldoze my family with my loudness and get my way. It's not for that purpose. No, my loudness is for ministry. That's what it's for. Because there's times that uh, you don't have a mic. There's times you don't have a microphone. There's times that you, uh, that you need to say something by the Spirit and you need to be heard. You need that volume. Um, you know, so what What I thought was a deficit, God put in me on purpose to be an asset to the kingdom. And that's what you have to begin. But see, the devil wants you to look in the mirror. The devil wants you, you know, uh, I went through a car accident years ago. And because of that, I had some nerve damage. And, um... What would happen, because I couldn't feel my left leg for many years, is I would be walking, and all of a sudden, I would just be down on the ground, just just on the ground. And that happened to me. I was, I was actually, uh, God had gotten our attention. I was living in Charlotte. I was coming to church in Murphy, so uh, I'd have to make the five-hour drive to church. And I was coming, I had been to my physical therapy that morning, and I was coming, and I was in a rush, and I wasn't concentrating on my walking, and I was headed into a convenience store, and it was packed, the convenience store was absolutely packed, and as I got to the door, all of a sudden, I went down, and normally, I would have cried, I would have probably lost my mind. I probably would have called somebody and said, I can't do this, I can't do this, this is, this is so awful. But I had been learning who I was in Christ, and I had learned that Christ had me. I just always had to put him first. And so when I went down for a split second in being squeezed, I started to kind of panic, and then my spirit came up and my spirit said, no, no, you got this. And I went, yeah. And I jumped back up and I walked in the store like nothing happened. Once upon a time, I would have gotten in my car and drove off. Like, seriously, I would have been that embarrassed. But I jumped up and I opened the door and people were rushing to me like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, Jesus has me. I'm great. How many you know that it was a testimony, you know, that God turned it. But you have to know uh, that you're created in his image I want you to see See we're created in his image And here in his likeness And we're, and, and God, everything that God has put into you He put in you for one purpose For you to have dominion For you to have dominion We were created to rule on this earth As kings and queens We were actually put on this earth To operate as God As his children That's what we were here for I want you to look at verse 31, and it says, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And actually, you take out the it was, because that's italicized. It says very good. He said everything that God created is very good. God's creation has not changed since the beginning as far as what he creates is very good. Yes, we live in a natural world, and yes, we have come under the, um, the curse of the world, and so we're no longer dressed in the glory of God. I get that. And our, and our bodies now decay, and they break down. But you know what? What God put in us was perfect. When he weaved us together in our mother's womb, when he put all of those little idiosyncrasies in you, when he gave you that really big heart, he did it for a purpose. When he gave you that no quit, it was for a purpose. When he put that when he put that sensitive spirit in you, it was for a purpose. When he made you the height that he made you, it was for a purpose. Believe it or not, it was for a purpose. I used to think that I was so stinking short of course my husband's six foot and I you know, five four, and I used to think I was so incredibly short. At 5'4". Because all of my sister, my sister, my cousin, and my younger cousins, they're all tall and lanky, pushing that six foot. And I'm like the little short person running around, right? Well, you know what? I fit in spaces better. I do. I don't have the nightmare when it comes to buying jeans that they do, or pants. Because I put on a pair of pants, and I'm like, I might need to hem these things. And they're like, oh my gosh, they look like crab in pants, you know? I, there's things about, there's just, it's okay that they're tall and I'm short. I fit a little better. I fit in some different situations. It's perfectly acceptable. They feel like a giraffe. Have you ever seen a really tall person try to do something down low? It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I can get there. It's okay. It's funny. In my house, Michael put, if Michael wants something, he's so funny because he's tall. He's got them long arms. And uh, if he thinks, you have to understand, Pastor Mike, if there's an empty space, he has to fill it. If there's an empty space, he has to fill it. So because I'm short, he thinks if he fills the high places, I won't notice. <laughs> oh, no, I notice. I notice, and I get out the stepladder, and I get it down, and I put it where it goes, and what have you. But at the same time, it also that also works out for us because I can say to him, you know what, you're stronger than me, your stuff goes high, my stuff goes low. It helps us to work things out. Uh, you know, God just created you for different things. Everything that God put in you is good. You need to repeat, repeat this after me. Satan, shut up. Brain, shut up. God made me. He doesn't make any mistakes. There's nothing wrong with me. He created me for a purpose. He created me on purpose. And I'm gonna fulfill that purpose in Jesus' name. Now I want you to go to Matthew chapter nineteen. Matthew chapter nineteen. Is everybody okay temperature wise? Is everybody good? getting a little warm or you're good. Okay, good. I'm getting a little toasty and I don't want y'all freezing. Fussing at me because you're freezing. <laughs> All right, well, you'll be all right then. Uh, Matthew 19. You have what you say. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyways, Matthew 19. (laughs) Anyways, Matthew 19. Let's look right here. Uh, Picking up in verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, talking about to Jesus, said, Good master, thou art uh, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So here this young man has figured out that uh, Jesus has some answers. And he wanted to know from Jesus, how do I have eternal life? What good thing can I do? He was works-minded. He was works-minded. And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? Uh, he said, none good but one, and that is God. God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. So he said, uh, you want eternal life? Number one, keep the commandments. Did Jesus, did Jesus do away with the commandments? No, he obviously didn't because he just told him to keep the commandments. Um, but then notice it said, uh, why do you call me good? That one used to always confuse me. Uh, because this young man was lifting up the man Jesus. And in Jewish culture, when they would say "good rabbi," they were exalting that rabbi and lifting that rabbi up. And Jesus was basically said, "Why are you calling me good? I, there's no reason for you to lift me up. I'm no no different than any other person." So notice this: Jesus is on the earth. Jesus is talking to Jews. He he knows the he knows what the Romans are doing. He knows the, this, the pagan worship that's happening on the earth. He knows all of everything that's happening, and yet he looked at this man and said, "Why are you calling me good?" You know He understood that um, mankind was not something to be lifted up. And then he said, he said uh, "Keep thy commandments." And he said unto them, uh, "Which?" <laughs> which commandment? Which, which commandment do you want me to keep, Jesus? Which one? Which one? How much do you know? Uh, that's what we say to God. You know, we'll say, "Well, I'm a doer of the word," but you, then you only purposely only do the words that you want to do and that are easy for you, and not all of the words. He said, "Which word do you want me to do?" And Jesus answered and said, "Thou shalt do no murder. Uh, thou shalt not commit adultery." Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, uh, thou shalt uh, honor thy mother and thy father. In other words, what was Jesus telling them? Do them all. And then when it said, honor thy mother and thy father, notice there's a colon right there. And then he says, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So he's telling this worldly man that recognizes that Jesus is a better man than himself to love every person he comes in in contact with the way that he loves himself. Now, Jesus, that seems a little weird to me because you know that this man knows that he's not got it all together. I want you to jump over to um, chapter 5. Let's back up just to chapter 5 real quick. I want you to see how many times this is kind of here. Jesus keeps saying this. This is in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, uh, chapter 5, verse 43. He says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. He said, you know, your neighbor, your brethren, your companions, your confidants, your confederates, love them but if you're, they're your neighbor, or, but if they're your enemy, it's okay to hate them. Uh, and then Jesus corrects this. Now, what you have to understand about the Sermon on the Mount is the, the Jews, the 12 tribes are now only two tribes following, truly following the law. And, and of those two tribes, they have taken the law like either to the far extreme or basically like nonchalant. There's not like a good, happy medium. So Jesus is trying to bring them back to the medium. And he says, and I say unto you, love your enemies. Jesus said, forget loving or hating your enemies. He said, I'm going to tell you to love them. He said, I'm going to tell you to bless them that curse you. I'm going to tell you to do good to them that hate you. And to pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. So let me ask you this. If you hate yourself, then do you count yourself as your enemy? Pretty much so. People that hate themselves see themselves as an enemy. They do. Oh, I just hate myself. I don't like myself. They'll, I mean, they'll, they'll just tear themselves up. They get into all bad habits. But what did Jesus say is the, is, is the cure? Love your enemy. Love yourself. You have to choose to love on purpose. He said choose to love on purpose. Have you ever cursed yourself? Now I want you to think about this. Well, I don't curse myself. I don't cuss myself out. <clears throat> but do you speak death over yourself, which is a cursing? Do you speak death over yourself? You know, oh, I've, you know, a lot of people will speak death. I hate myself. That's a curse. That's a curse. I hate myself. You're no good. You're sorry. You're lazy. Those are curses. Those are curses. You can't ever do anything right. That's a curse. Believe it or not, those are curses. Well, you just don't measure up. You're never going to get there. Those are curses. Well, you don't qualify to be used by God. You're cursing yourself. And that's exactly what Jesus told us not to do. We're not to do these things. If you are getting in agreement with Satan, how much you know the only thing Satan brings is a curse? So if you're getting in agreement with the thoughts of Satan, then you're cursing yourself. So again, what do you have to say? Repeat after me. Satan, shut up. Brain, shut up. I was created for a purpose. I was created on purpose. And I'm going to fulfill that purpose. There's nothing wrong with me in Jesus' name. Sometimes you might just have to say it this way. Now, I don't know why this is hard for people to understand. I don't get this, especially when I've got some sarcastic people in this room. You know, Satan does not like to be mocked. He does not like to be made fun of. He doesn't. If you can use sarcasm on anybody, it should be Satan. Honestly, when Satan, this is how I learned to love myself. When Satan would tell me, nobody loves you, I would literally mock Satan with these words. Well, thank you, Satan. I appreciate that lie. Well, thank you, Satan. I appreciate that lie. (laughs) What do you mean, that lie? Well, if you're, you're the father of all lies, and if you're telling me nobody loves me, that means everybody loves me. That means I am loved. That means I'm loved. Well, you can't. You're just too loud. Nobody's going to listen to you because you're so loud. Wow, thank you, Satan, for that lie. If because you're telling me nobody's going to listen to me, that means somebody's going to listen to me. Glory to God. See, you got to learn to be. Listen, I've experienced some of y'all's sarcasm. I am tired of being your punching bag. I would really like for you to start using Satan as your punching bag. Let me just be real blunt. Instead of going, oh, whatever, Pastor. How about you go, whatever, Satan. I'm not listening to you today. Why? Because he's the one cursing you and I'm the one trying to bless you. Come on. Trying to get a blessing to you. Trying to take care of you. Uh, Do good to them that hate you. How about if you hate yourself, you start being good to yourself? I tell you what. You can break poverty mentality if you'll start to be good to yourself. You can. It's perfectly acceptable to, buy, to pay full price for clothes. It's perfectly acceptable. Now, don't, go, don't, don't take them home and throw them on the floor and treat them like your, your, you know, your sales rack clothes. But, you know, take care of them. But it's okay. And you don't have to do it every day, but every once in a while it's okay. I used to think paying more than $12 or $14 for a pair of jeans was ridiculous. I now have jeans in my closet that cost me well over $100. And guess what? They've lasted way longer, way longer, and they still look brand new. Glory to God. You know, I I recently got me some new purses for my my, uh, birthday anniversary slash gift. Uh, Did I pay full price? No, because I'm a, you know, I'm a Jew, I want the bargain, uh, but I did, but I did, but I still spent big money, and uh, mom was real sweet, she's like, you deserve that, that's good, I'm glad you can do that, and I said, well, here's the deal, mom, I said, I can do it one of two ways, I can spend 25 or $30 for a new purse every few months, or I can just suck it up and pay the 100 and have a new purse for the whole entire year. I like better, lasts longer, works better. It's the whole new, it's the whole thing. I said honestly, these purses are so good they'll last me two or three years. You know what? It's okay. It's perfectly acceptable to treat yourself a little bit. It's perfectly acceptable to allow yourself to uh, go get your hair done. You know, It's, it's 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 acceptable. It's acceptable to go to the bar, Gentlemen, it's acceptable to go to the barber and let the barber do your beard for you. It's acceptable. That's that's acceptable. Take care of yourself. Do good for yourself. Here's the deal. Because I know you guys. You don't think twice about blessing somebody else. You don't. Oh, I can get that for you. I can do that for you. I can do that for you. But when it comes to blessing yourself, you won't do it. What that tells me is you don't love yourself. If you will not bless yourself, you do not love yourself with the love of Christ. Am I teaching you to be selfish? No, I'm teaching you to take care of yourself. Why? Because God loves you. And until you learn to take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to truly take care of others. Well, I love to take care of others. That just blesses me, makes me feel good because you're works-minded more than likely. I mean, it could be that you love Jesus. It could be. But there's a lot of times when we, especially if somebody new comes into the church and they're new to the church world, you know, it's hard for them to even receive a blessing. So we start with that. Hey, come on, let's go to dinner. Oh, no, no, no. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's take you to dinner. We love to take people on shopping trips. I mean, we do. We love. Michael and I love. That's a, that's a wonderful ministry that we get to do from time to time. The Lord will bless us financially. And we take people and we say, come on, let's go to the shopping store. And, they, and they're like, there's Walmart right here. There's Berks right here. No, 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 no. We're going to the city. No, we're going to the city. And we're going to the, well, we, we can just go in, you know, we can go in, you know, the cheap discount stores. No, we're going in the high-dollar stores. No, we're going in and getting you the good stuff. Why? Because that's what God wants you to have. He wants you to have the good stuff. Now, you've got to be a steward about it. We don't do it all the time. We do it when the Lord tells us to and when the finances are there. But it's okay. Jesus said, be good. Do good to them that hate you. If you hate yourself, do good to yourself. This is how you learn to love yourself. Do good to yourself. Allow yourself. Allow yourself a little treat every now and again. Allow yourself to, you know, to take a selfish day. It's okay. It's okay to take a day. You know what? Here's another way to do good to yourself. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. Listen, I'm telling you, you've got to learn to say no. She's fantastic, Mom and Dad. Don't even worry about her. She's doing fantastic. Uh, she's doing great. No, but seriously, you got to learn to say no. Because if you don't learn to say no, people will take advantage of you, and you will burn yourself out. It's perfectly acceptable to say, thank you so much for that invitation. I appreciate it so much. That means the world to me. But I'm going to pass this time because it's just too much on my schedule. And you know what? That's perfectly okay. That's being good to yourself. That's being good to yourself. It's perfectly okay to take those times out. He said, and pray for them, now check this out, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. How much do you know you persecute yourself? You do. You beat yourself up. You persecute yourself. You despitefully use yourself. You're always on the go. You're always trying to achieve. Listen, if your, if your assurance comes from other people, you're going to burn yourself out. You have got to learn to, to not use yourself. To the point that it, to your own hurt. There are people that are like, I'll just, there are people that buy acceptance. You know, oh, I can get you coffee. I can get you lunch. I can do this. I can do that. There's people that will run, run, run. Let me do this for you. Let me do that. Let me do, 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 do. And they're running to get other people's acceptance because they don't accept themselves. That's using yourself that's really using yourself, you have to learn to not do that. You have to learn to say, you know what, I'm perfectly... here. Here's the place you need to get to. You need to get to the place where if it's just you and God, you're perfectly okay. If it's just you and God, you are perfectly okay. When you can get there, and it's not like... <laughs> And I don't mean it's me and God and I'm in my home and it's just me and God and I'm okay. No, I mean you can take yourself to the movie with Jesus sitting next to you and you're like, this is okay, this is fine. Used to be I would never go to the movie by myself. Uh Uh-uh, you want me to go to the movie by myself? It is not happening. I had to have somebody with me. The first time I went to the movie by myself because I was learning to take care of me, I cried through the entire movie. And it wasn 't even a sad movie. It was actually a funny movie, and I cried through the whole thing because I had put so much pressure on myself, thinking that going to the somehow going to the movie by myself, I would somehow be judged and and ridiculed and looked down on and so now, from time to time, i'll just say, i'm going to a movie like if my family's if I like in a movie mood and they're not in it I'm like. I'm not gonna lie, I still have to fight that a little bit, but eventually i like, that's it. I'm getting up. I'm getting dressed. And they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to the movie. That's what I want to do for me. I'm going to go to some, I'm going to do some self care and I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to just go. Why? Because you got to learn to love yourself. Go to uh, chapter 22. We're right here in Matthew. Look at chapter 22. Matthew 22. here again uh, they're they're questioning Jesus they're trying to entrap him verse 30 verse 36 he says here in Matthew 22:36 he says master which is the great commandment in the law they want to know Jesus what's the greatest commandment he said that thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy mind he said the greatest commandment is that you love god with With your spirit, with your soul, with your body. That's the great, that's the, and why? Because if you love God with everything in you, you will automatically follow the commandments of God. If you will automatically, if you will just love God with everything in you. He said, and he said, this is the first and the great commandment. So the first commandment is love God with everything in you. Love God mentally. Love God spiritually. Love God physically. What does loving God physically look like? Take care of your body. Present your body as a living sacrifice to God. Don't make it look like the world. You know what, Christians? It's perfectly okay if you're not tattooed from head to toe. It's perfectly acceptable to not be tattooed from head to toe. Well, oh, you're just against tattoos. No, I have two of them. I got them when I wasn't serving God, when I came back into Christ. I said, mm, that's not okay. And God showed me some things about them. And I said, okay, they, they date back to, they, they're, or, they're based in pagan worship. So it's perfectly acceptable for us not to be covered in tattoos it's perfectly acceptable for us not to have piercings everywhere you know setting off metal detectors it's perfectly acceptable for us to actually have normal hair color That's that's perfectly acceptable. We don't need, you know, 16 different rainbow colors on our head. It's perfectly acceptable for us to wear normal earrings and not giant gauges. It's perfectly acceptable for us to wear clothes that actually cover our body and keep that that God gave us respectful and modest. It's perfectly acceptable. We don't have to justify our wardrobe to other people. We don't. We don't have to dress, we don't have to justify, you know, when, when uh, <clears throat> you know, standing in the pulpit, you got to give God your best. And I'm not a girly girl person. So the idea of having to do makeup and hair and nails and jewelry and all of that crazy stuff, that's just a lot for me. It's just a lot. For years, I had very little jewelry. For years, I mean, like, it was my wedding band and that was it uh you know but then here you come you gotta you gotta give god your best well is that bad no it's wonderful it's wonderful are there days i like to get out and get dirty and get in and just honestly if if you're going to come to my house you're welcome anytime just call me ahead of time because otherwise you're going to see me in my pajamas that's that's just the way it's going to be uh but if you give me a heads up i'll throw on some normal clothes it'll be okay uh but um <laughs> here's the deal it's perfectly okay to say, I this is who I am. This is who I am. But at the same time, give God your best. Get your hair done. Get it cut. Make it look good. Six, get up early enough to fix it. Put on some deodorant. If you think you're, if you, ladies, if you think, you know, Dad Hagen used to say it this way. This is part of what used to get my attention. He said, every old barn needs a coat of paint every now and again. So if you feel like you need a coat of paint, that's acceptable. Put on your paint and come on. It's okay. Gentlemen, you want to put on your cologne, trim your beards, whatever, that's fine. But please put on deodorant. We like deodorant in the United States. We 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 prefer that. Um, you know, that's just that's just our preference. Uh but how much you know, give God your best. Presents yourself a living sacrifice. That's how you show, number one, that's how you show God that you love him. And number two, that's how you show Satan you love yourself. Believe it or not, Satan Satan does not know. God knows every thought. God knows every action. God knows every choice. He knows everything. Satan knows nothing. The only thing that Satan knows is what we show him and what we say. How we react. So when we dress in our grungies and we haven't had a shower in two or three days and, you know, or whatever, when we, when we don't care for ourselves physically, that tells Satan that we don't care for ourselves mentally either. When we say things about, I used to have this song I used to sing when I would get in my closet. I used to sing, little whale, little whale, what you going to wear today? Little whale, little whale, what you going to do today? I don't sing that song anymore. Why? Because singing that song told Satan that this situation of my weight was an issue that, as long as he just kept pushing those buttons and causing it impossible to lose the weight, then he could have me in his clutches. So now I go in my closet and I go, Wow, God, what have you blessed me with that I can wear? Oh, look, I've got wonderful clothes. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful thing. What did I do? I stopped cursing myself. Stop cursing myself. Love yourself. Love yourself. Present your body. Present your spirit. Listen, you don't have to do anything with your spirit other than let it shine to love God. Your spirit will always make the right choice. What if I don't get it right? What if I get it wrong? What if I miss it? If you're listening to your spirit, you won't. Your spirit is never going to lead you the wrong way. Now, here's where people mess up. They mix emotion and the spirit up. They'll feel an emotion and they'll go, ooh, I feel it. No, no, no. God does not teach us, train us, and speak to us by our emotions. He, there's, there's a red light, green light on the inside. You either have peace or you have a red flag. You know, Brother Randy equates it to this way. When he knows he's heard from God, he sits down in his spirit, not in his emotions, in his spirit. He equates it to the little Geico pig. You know, when you get on the zip line, he goes, "Woo!" There's a whee about him when he's right. When there's no right, there's like a stop. We're not going there. Dad Hagen used to equate it this way. He had a green light, like a go, like, he, like the spirit said go, he would go. There was just a go on the inside. And then when the spirit said no, there was a hold. There was a stop on the inside. I tend to lean that way a little bit more. But for me, it's more of a knowing. I just know that I know that I know that I know. And my brain will say, uh uh, mm -mm, nope, nope, and I'm like, my brain, and I'll even say, my brain says no, but down on the inside, I know, I know. There's a knowing. I just know. For Pastor Mike, sometime, most of the time, he'll see it in the spirit. He'll see it. He'll just, in his mind's eye, in his spiritual eye, he'll see it, and he'll say, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to do right there. I've seen it. That's how. So following your spirit, that's easy. That's that's the easy part once you learn how to hear from it. Now dealing with the soul the thoughts the feelings and emotions repeat after me brain shut up i'm not thinking that way today satan thank you for that why now i know the truth and then repeat the truth whatever it is you got to learn to you listen you've got to learn to say brain shut up if you don't learn how to say brain shut up emotions shut up no no and now here's the deal Your emotions are not your enemy. I talk to people about emotions. I'm like, listen, emotions lie. Don't depend on emotions. We don't take emotions and just throw them in the garbage can because God gave them to us for a reason. Emotions, when they are used appropriately, can help us to navigate spirit and natural. But emotions left unchecked, will run you rampant so if you're being very emotional if you're being overdriven in your thoughts if you're you know if you're just like o- over in a like you're just over top then your emotions are need to be settled down then you need to say no i'm not being moved by emotions no i'm not being moved by emotions uh people have uh, satan loves to use emotions to get people out of their churches loves to get people out of their churches through emotions So we're not going to be moved by emotions. Look at verse 38. It says, this is the first and the great commandment. Love God with everything in you. If you'll love God with everything in you, everything else you do in your life will pan out. If you'll put God first, if you'll put God first in your single life, and I've got a room full of single people. Um, Listen, single people, if you'll put God first and begin to pray for yourself and begin to pray for your spouse, When that spouse should pray, pray this, pray that God prepares your spouse That's strong where you're weak, that's weak where you're strong, that you're a good match, that they love God with all their heart, that you have like and precious faith. And also pray that they stay with God through not only not that they will stay with God through the preparation period as well as through the marriage, because I have witnessed so many People that I thought, man, so-and-so would make a great... I mean, so this person, this person, man, they'd make great couples because I could see their strengths and weaknesses. And one of them, or both of them, would leave God during the preparation time. And then, you know, so here they are. So, you know, there's a lot of singles out there because people are leaving during the preparation time. So just pray that your spouse would stay through preparation time and that they would stay with God all the days of their life. Verse 39, and the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. If you will learn to love God and learn to love yourself, then everything else will just fall right in line. And I can witness that because that's honestly... Uh, what I started focusing on when I came into Christ, I felt so unloved, so unwanted. And my pastor used to say this. He used to say, until you can learn to receive the love of God, you can never give out the love of God. If you can't receive the love, you can't give out the love. And so that's one reason that Pastor Mike and I are just constantly blessing people and gifting people and being kind to people and being good to people because if we can get them to experience the love of God, then they can go, man, I want, I, I want that. And then they'll begin to try to develop that in their life. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So always, when I read these verses, I always wondered. Uh, on your way to 1 Corinthians, stop off at Romans five five. Romans 5 5. Let's stop right here at Romans 5 5. Actually, we're going to back up to verse 1, but 5 5 is where we're going to end up. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith. Are you justified by faith? Yes, we are. Uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We already have peace. If you are unsettled and not at peace, it's because you're listening to either Satan or your own stupid thinking. And you need to say, shut up, in Jesus' name. Just shut up. I'm not listening to these things. If you're in Christ, you know who you are. You're at peace. I mean, bombs can be going off. I mean, we were in the, what, we, what we were told and what appeared to be an active shooter thing at the hospital on Wednesday. We pulled up. The cops pulled out. I mean, they were just, the guy that was, like, giving my valet, he was, like, watching a bad, he was like watching a bad wreck. And, like, I'm like, okay, we're just figuring this out. Uh, but there was such a peace that came over myself and Derek and Miss Ann, and and joy. There was a peace and a joy. We were like, ha, spirit of faith, thank you, Jesus. It's all good. You know, when you come under pressure, even though there's pressure around you, you should still be able to maintain your peace. He says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Listen, when you come under pressure, when life comes at you, when things feel overwhelming, that's when you lean on the grace of God and you say, oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you, and I rejoice, and I have joy. He says, and not only, all, not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now, that sounds a little crazy. <laughs> tribulations come, and we get happy. Woo! We get happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Are we happy for the tribulation? No, we're happy because we already know we already have the victory. We already have it. He said, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience is one of those things that you don't have to ask God for. He's already given it to you. I right, Trust me, he's already given it to you. But he's also going to give you, and notice it says, that knowing that your tribulation worketh patience. The reason you're under the reason you're under fire, the reason you're being squeezed, is so that you can work that gift of patience that's already in you. It's so you can it's so that you can exercise it. And if you're exercising patience, verse four, and patience experience, if you're exercising your patience, then you're exercising your experience. You're gaining experience. And if you're gaining experience, then you're gaining hope. And if you have hope, then you're all good. Verse five. And hope maketh not ashamed. If we have hope in Jesus Christ, we're never going to be ashamed. It doesn't matter what report comes, you're going to conquer it. You know, we've talked a lot about Michael's uh, foot injury, but uh, do you know that he also had a diagnosis of cancer at one point? He did. He did. He had this He had this weird growth come up on his eye, a couple of them. And, uh, you know, and it was a little bothersome to him, a little odd to him, and we had the doc look at it, and doc said it's a little questionable. I'm not, I'm not real sure about that. He said I, th- I think we need to have that examined, and uh, he. So we went, and they they went in, and they removed it, and they sent it off to pathology, and the and the, the doctor that removed it and had the pathology, he said. I don't think it's going to come back as anything, but, you know, we'll test it and it'll be fine, but there's no guarantees. Well, when it came back, it came back as small cells, something, something. It was one of the bad cancers. It was one of the bad ones. And uh, we were like, oh, no, uh-uh. Pulled out those healing scriptures, got to praying. Uh, you got, talked to Miss Kathy about it, and she stood with us in prayer. Some of our elders did. And uh, he went in, and they said, we've got to go in and we've got to take a bigger section we got to take a bigger section and see if we can get it all because we didn't get it all. And uh, so they went back in and took the next section out, and uh, we were just standing in faith. Why? Right. We had experience with the chainsaw. We had experience with other issues. We had experience, so we knew what to do. And so we did the work. Um, and so here comes the tribulation. So when he went, when they went in and they took, did the second one, uh, they came back. <laughs> the, the pathology came back, and they said, We really don't understand it. We took the right section of skin and there should have been at least some cancer cells, but now there's none. None. It wasn't like we got the good margins, though it was said they said no, we didn't get there wasn't any there wasn't any cancer anywhere. Praise God. You know, why? Because we had hope in Jesus. We had hope in Jesus. What did we have hope in? His love for his children. God's love for his children will cast out all sickness. He said, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given in us. I've had people say this, well, I just can't love myself. I'm just not capable of loving myself. No, the love of God is on the inside of you. You are capable. What you have to do is you have to take that love that is on the inside and you've got to pull it and develop it to the outside. You've got to learn how to bring. Why? Because the moment that you receive sozo, the moment that you receive salvation, God's love infiltrated your your human spirit, your human heart. He took an old, fleshy, dry stone heart. He gave you a brand new heart of flesh. He put his very love and character in you. He put that love in you. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to skip Ephesians for just a minute. Hop over here to Galatians chapter 5. When you receive sozo, when you receive salvation, not only are you completely redeemed and completely justified and made right in Christ, you're also completely and totally healed mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, financially. Every area of your life is completely restored. You just have to pull. You have, the reason people, well, why don't we see those manifestations? Because it's not taught properly. That's why. It's because it's not taught properly. We don't teach people how to pull it down. We teach them, well, you, if you want to make heaven get so-so, get saved. But we don't teach them everything that's included in that package. That's a failure on the church's part, doing the best we can to reverse that. Um, But look at verse 22 in Galatians chapter 5. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, when you come into Christ, you immediately have have these nine fruits placed on the inside of you. Now, have you ever seen a fruit tree when spring first hits? What happens? It gets flowers, right? And then the flowers go away, and it looks like there's nothing happening. And then all of a sudden, you get these teeny little buds where the flowers were. Well, this is what these nine gifts look like in your life at new birth. You flowered. Now you've got tiny little buds. Now, if you don't do any work to grow them, they stay the little buds for the rest of your life. What do you have to do? You have to exercise your fruit. You have to... Get, and how is that done? Through tribulation. Through tests and trials through the working of patience, through the working of experience. But the very first thing that God gives you is his love. The second thing that God gives you is his joy. The third thing that God gives you is his peace. The fourth thing that God gives you is his patience. Now, Michael and I joke about this all the time. We saw this. We knew that we needed some patience. So we got together. It was one of the first things we prayed for as a couple. We said, Lord, we see in your word that patience belongs to us. So, Father, we ask for patience. And you know what God said? Youth ministers. That's what he said. Because how much you know? When you become a youth minister, you have to work your patience. You have to exercise your patience. The other thing that we asked for was the four, it was the last one, which is temperance, which is self-control. How much do you know, when you're dealing with crazy teenagers, you've got to exercise some self-control. And when you're dealing with their parents that think they can't do anything, the children can't do anything wrong, how much do you know, you need patience and self-control. You need some joy. you need some love, you need some gentleness, you need some goodness. You need some faithfulness. Listen. You got to be faithful to people for you in order to be able to actually help them. You've got to be meek. That means you can't be all puffed up and huffy. No, you know you got to have these things. But here's the deal: the love that you need in order to love yourself is already in you. You just need to start exercising it you need to get up every day and begin to declare how you love yourself and how God loves you you need to get up every day and begin to uh, operate by faith and by love this is where we will go to first Corinthians uh, 13 it's the great love chapter we understand this chapter we're not going to get to define all of these by any means but we can at least read it 1 Corinthians 13. Actually, I, to go, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 14 first. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Just the first part right here. He says, here, uh, he says, the, uh, Paul says, follow after charity or love. Everything you do in your life needs to be motivated by love. Everything you do. Everything you do for yourself everything you do for others, how you respond in life, you need to say what would, you know, so often, you know, remember years ago there was WWJD, what would Jesus do? And what you need to do is WWL, what would love do? What would love do? WWLD, what would love do? How would love respond in this situation? You're in the grocery store. You're under pressure. You're going to be late. The kids are crying, whatever the situation is, and the cashier is being slow. And the people are being grumpy. Do you, do you stand there and uh, complain and rough and, and, and murmur and stir the, the people up to get more aggravated? Or do you take a deep breath and say, it's okay, it's all right. We're, we'll, we'll get through the line. It's going to be okay. You know, um, or, or, you know, how, do you, how would love respond? How would love respond? Would love go in with, you know, if you're in a big group of people, would love be loud and boisterous and make it to where nobody can hear but you? Or would you soften your voice, lower your voice, and make it easier on everybody? What would love do? What would love do in traffic? You know, and that's a big one. That's that's a that's a whoo I mean, listen, us Murphy people were not raised for this traffic. We were not we were not engineered for this traffic. Um how much you know you gotta learn to sit back, you learn to lay back, you learn to just say, you know what, it's okay. You know, we like to push that speed limit, you know, oh there's that ten mile thing. You you gotta learn to push that thing. Well you push it, and then when God says slow down, you slow down and you know what? You figure out it ten miles, what's that save you, a minute, 30 seconds, 10 seconds? What's it save you? It doesn't really save you that much. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah saves you a ticket, absolutely. Surely it saves you that Just, just back off a little bit. Come on, what would love do? What would love do, listen, what would love do if you had a bad server at a restaurant? What would love do? Would love just continue to fuss and, 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 and make that server's experience worse or would love uh, just be very courteous and, expl- you know, everybody has a rough day, you're doing okay, calm down, take a deep breath, it's going to be all right? Now, there. Now, of course, love is not a doormat, you know, because you can get on the ditch in love. You can get in the ditch. Love is not a doormat. I mean, seriously, if you have a tremendously, I mean, honestly, <laughs> If you truly have a really bad meal, you're not doing the restaurant any flavor, any favors by telling them, oh, it was wonderful, because their business is going to plummet, and they're not going to understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're lying. That's right. You know, is everything okay? Well, everything's, it's mostly okay. I mean, it's not the greatest. It's, it's, you know, It wasn't that long ago we were out to dinner with the fellas, and, I mean, I don't know what they did, but my steak tasted like a salt lick, and it was unedible. So I, I said, I, very, I was very polite, I was very courteous, but at the same time, I made it known this is not acceptable, you know. But how much, you know, love doesn't sh- doesn't scream, love doesn't shout, love doesn't boil over, love doesn't, love does not get all out of control. Love stays in control, love stays gentle, love stays good, love stays kind, um, you know. He said, follow after charity. So one way to begin to love yourself is when you stand in front of the mirror, say, say, okay, love, what would you say about me? This is an exercise that I used to do. I used to stand in front of the mirror. When I had a couple of minutes, I'd stand in front of the mirror. I'd look myself in the eye, and then I would say, okay, God, show me what you see. Because I knew what the devil saw. I knew what my brain saw. But well, what do you see, God? Show me what you see. And eventually, and, you know, and, and you'd have to stand there for a few minutes because you've got to push out the thoughts of Satan because immediately the thoughts would come, and immediately I'd have to say, Satan, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Literally. Satan, I am not talking to you. I didn't ask you what you saw. I asked the Father God what he saw. And here's the clue. Well, I don't know what God's going to say. If it's bad, it's not God if it's good it's god if it's bad it's not god it's just i mean it's just that simple and you know the lord began to show me the lord began to show me he said the lord began to show me you've got such pretty blue eyes they're unique they're a unique blue wow lord i thank you look at those dimples those dimples are beautiful they just they just offset you i used to hate my dimples you know when you have this dimple down here you know when you're in school you know what they call that they call that a butt chin how much do you like that in school? Nobody likes that. Oh, you got a bird on your face. Ah! Nobody likes that. Now I stand there and I look and God's like, oh, look at those dimples. Oh, that does set my face. I was like, you know, where did I get my dimple from? My dad. Oh, does he get those comments? No, he has a beard, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're not doing that. That's not how this works. Now stand in the mirror and begin to ask yourself, uh, God, what do you see? God, what do you see? Ask God. Stop asking the devil and start asking the Lord. What, what do you see? And I'd say, well, you know, and I'd stand there and I'd say, well, Lord, and I'd ask the Lord, Lord, why did you give me this loud mouth? He said, so you could do my work.
0: <clears throat>
1: you know, and your automatic instinct is run. Automatic. Run! No, don't run. Uh, what's that look like, Jesus? Begin to talk to him. Verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, talking about how, speaking in tongues, speaking by the Spirit, and have not charity. He said, in other words, in how, have you ever met these people? Have you ever met these people that are holy? Like, they're super spiritual. They can quote scriptures. They pray all the time. They're blessed and high. But they're some of the meanest sourpusses you've ever met in your life. Have you ever met these people? Yeah. He said, no, this is not how we do this. Not how we do this. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Remember the little monkey? This is what your Christian walk looks like. If you're all, I'm highly blessed, I'm wonderful, I'm great, God's on my side, I have no problems, and then you treat people like dirt. This is what you sound like to them, the little monkey. Isn't that getting on your nerves? It's getting on my nerves. Again, I've getting on my own nerves. Ugh. Turn off the symbol. No, let's not be that person. Let's not be that person. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, you can have words of wisdom. You can have words of prophecy. Every Christian that is a spirit-filled Christian should have prophecy flowing. What is prophecy? It's sudden words of inspiration from the Holy Ghost, usually to build up. Most of the time it's to build up and encourage. And understand all mysteries. You can understand spiritual things and all knowledge. You can have knowledge and understanding of the Bible. And though I have all faith, you can believe for anything that you need. Um, So that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Without our love, we're nothing. We must have love. And and the number one reason that many people are atheists is because Christians do not operate in love. And the reason they don't operate in love is because they won't take the time to learn to love themselves. I went out of the church for 12 years because of hypocrisy in the church. Because the lady that I encountered in the church did not love herself, nor did she love any teenagers. And she honestly honestly didn't love probably half the adults in the church, to be honest. And why? Because she had so much self-hatred. She had just a ton of self-hatred. The Lord showed it to me when I came back to the church. When I came back into Christ, the Lord showed me that she had just total hatred for herself. I said, Lord. And at that point, I didn't know if she was alive or not. But I said, Lord, if she's, if she's still alive. I mean, I prayed for her sincerely. But I didn't know if she was still alive or not. Because she was an older lady. No, he, said, he says, um, if you have not charity, then I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed poor, to feed the poor, and though I give my, blood, my body to be burned, I have not charity. It profiteth me nothing. Listen, you can do all the good works in the world you want. Have you ever seen people out there doing good works, and they're mean, and they're cranky, and they're hateful, and they turn people away? Oh, yeah. Don't be that person. Come on. Let's work on our love. Learn to love ourselves. He says, charity, verse 4, charity or love suffereth long. In other words, if you truly are operating in love, you are going to put up with some stupid stuff. You just are. You're going to go through some things. Uh, How much do you know? Uh, Jesus put up with a lot from us. Jesus put up with a lot from us. He went through a big suffering for us. Uh, How about love is kind? Here's one way to start loving yourself. Be kind to yourself. Speak kind words about yourself. Instead of saying you can't, instead of saying you're not good enough, instead of saying you don't qualify, how about you begin to say, God did a good work in me. God created me with all his goodness and his kindness. God uh, formed me in my mother's womb, and he fashioned me, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Begin to just speak kind things over yourself. Begin, and here's the other thing. Suffering long, begin to be patient with yourself. Begin to be patient with yourself. You're not going to get it right, right out of the gate. You're not going to get it right, right out of the gate. You you know, the Lord shows you, oh, you need to make this adjustment. And you're like, oh, I'm going to make that adjustment. And you start to make that adjustment. And and you're doing good for a few days. And then you fall flat on your face. And then you beat yourself up for a week, a month. I used to, I mean, I, I I would slip. I'd do something wrong. Oh, my gosh, I would beat myself up for months. Like I'd put on a happy face during the day and I'd act all right and then I'd get home and I would just cry and just beat myself up because I would make because I wasn't long suffering for myself. I wasn't patient with myself. You need to learn to be patient with yourself. Now, learning to be patient with yourself does not give you the right to make excuses. You can't just go, Well, I just haven't arrived yet, so okay, I don't have to do the work. No, you need to do the work. But as you slip and trip along the way, be patient with yourself. Listen, I guarantee you, I guarantee you when little Miss Katie started to walk, I guarantee you uh, Dakota and Christina, when she fell down, they didn't go, oh, seriously, come on, those legs were working just two minutes ago. I seriously doubt they did that. I'm completely sure that, because uh, I know Dakota very well, I'm quite sure that Dakota was very quick to be right there. It's okay, honey, you got this. You can do it again. Here, I'll hold your hand. I'll encourage you. Christina's no different. Getting her, getting her up and getting her walking, watching out for her. How much you know you need to do that for yourself? Come on, Christian, we can do this. Come on, Christian, we can make this work. Be be long suffering with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Charity envieth not. I think this is one of the hardest ones to come over. Love envieth not. You've got to stop measuring yourself by others. You've got to stop measuring yourself by others. Stop looking at social media. What they put on there is not real. It's not real. Everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. Everybody has shortcomings. Everybody has weaknesses. If we didn't, we wouldn't need Jesus. So don't envy the life that somebody else has. You know, Michael and I chose years ago not to put ourselves into debt. We chose not to. And because of that, we drove used cars for close to 30 years. And, you know, and we just, you know, we just didn't always do everything. And it wasn't that we had a poverty mindset. We just chose not to put ourselves into debt. And because of that, and because we're tithers and givers, God's honored us to now that we, I mean, our cars are fully paid for, our houses are fully paid for, everything's good. But during those years where we chose to go without there were times that, you know, you'd see somebody that we knew would get a new house and a beautiful house or something, and it was like, wow, that must be nice. You know, they'd get a brand-new boat, and it's just, you know, oh, man, that's a beautiful boat. That's great. How many you, that, it's, it's hard not to get envious. They'd get new cars, and here we are still driving the faith mobiles. But here's what you find out later on is there up to they 're they're, they're so far in debt up to their eyeballs they can't they can 't find their way out of a wet paper bag, and they 're so completely stressed and they 're sick and they're they 're just listen don 't be envying those things you don 't know what somebody else you don 't really know what else what somebody else actually has going on actually has going on. I had a friend years ago uh, she was a teenager her mother was at home dying of breast cancer it was just a really rough situation. Um, and her mother knew that she, would not, that she was not going to be here to see her daughter graduate high school. She wasn't going to be here to see her uh, um, get married, get jobs, and all these things, get out on her own. So her mother um, wanted her to have the best that she could while she was alive, and so her mother uh, made arrangements for her when she was able to drive to get a brand-new convertible Mustang. And people would just dog her for that and come down on her for that, and uh, and but they didn't have any clue that this was her dying mother's best gift. You know, you so so when you get to looking at people, don't don't think that just because it looks good on the outside that everything's good underneath. Don't don't do that to yourself. Charity vanteth not itself; another and and um, is not puffed up. Don't be full of pride. If you've got a pride issue, oh, I'm better than this person or I'm better than that person, that's a problem. You need to learn to humble yourself. You need to learn to say, you know, uh, we were driving the other day. I don't remember exactly where we were. Oh, we were down in Atlanta, and there was an older guy. He looked like he was probably homeless or very, at least probably very impoverished, and he was pushing another older guy that looked just as impoverished. And you could tell that they, you could tell their bodies were hurting. You could tell it was a lot of hard work for them. You could tell it was just an issue. They weren't begging or anything. They were just, the one was in the wheelchair. It looked like he had just gotten released from the hospital because he had a wristband on. Um, And, you know, my heart just broke for him. I said, Lord, I don't know what happened to get them in that situation, but Father, send somebody. Because I wasn't in a position where I could do anything. But I said, Lord, Send somebody to bring them the light of Christ. Send somebody to them. Help them. You know, and once upon a time, uh, just be real honest, when I didn't love myself, I would have thought, well, you made those choices. That was your choice. That was your decision. You got yourself there. You know, that's being prideful because how much, you know, one bad decision could put you in that, bad, in that situation. One bad choice could put you in their situation. Uh, we ran into somebody the other day that once upon a time lived in a beautiful house, had a, had money, had everything. A situation came through her life, and now she lives on a low income in a trailer. And we said, "Well, are you happy?" She said, "I am happy." Well, praise God, Good, glory to God. You know, don't don't be prideful because you never know what's going to come your way. You need to be humble and trust that God's going to take care of you. Uh, doeth uh, doeth not behave itself unseemly. Don't act all crazy and ridiculous. Seek not your own. Seek not your own. Quit putting yourself first. Now, and you can get in a ditch on that. Some people will put themselves first or put, the, will put themselves so low that they never take care of themselves. Um, it's not easily provoked. How much do you know if you're walking in love, you're not easily provoked? And that was something, with a redheaded temper, that was something I had a hard time with. I was very easily provoked. Very easily provoked, and so I had to learn. If I'm easily provoked, I had to learn to count. I had to learn. I'm not going to get provoked. I'm not going to get upset. And and now I I, I'm so easy about not getting provoked that I kind of annoy myself a little bit because people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Why? People got enough pressure. Don't be easily provoked. This is the biggest one. Think. No evil you need to learn to not think evil about yourself and you learn to you need to learn to not think evil about others and This is honestly something that will plague people. Uh, if Pastor Mike was here, he would tell you this um, he deals with very low self esteem still today he still does much better than he used to be. Uh, and if you understood his history, you'd understand why. Um, but several months ago, because, uh, you know, we came into marriage. We had God when we got together, and then we were out of the church, and just things were a mess, and we did not know how to do marriage. And several months ago, he, came, he looked at me, and he said, you do understand what my example of marriage is, right? And I said, excuse me? He said, my parents. That's my example of marriage. And I said, okay. He said, you understand that, that uh, my example of marriage was to be passive-aggressive and do your best to destroy each other. That was his example. And, and I was like, oh, wow. Because there's a lot of time when, when, he, when pressure comes on, when, when he's under pressure, he's trying to do something, and if I'll, I'll say something to him, if it's not the right time or the right way or something, he kind of barks at me. And, I, and I've gotten in this habit where I look at him and I go, I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. What happens, now he's learned through the years, and now he, if some pressure starts to come. He'll just say, Satan, shut up. He'll just say, Satan, shut up. Um, but, you know, it would think no evil, because of how he was trained growing up, his automatic knee-jerk reaction is to think evil. Not of me, but of himself. Of himself, because I'll make a suggestion and he immediately goes, "She thinks I'm stupid. She thinks I'm dumb. She thinks I can't figure this out for myself." What is that? That's thinking evil, and I'm like, "My, I don't ever think those things. I have, I, those things never cross my mind, never. You know, I'm like, I'm here to be a helpmate. You know, that's all I'm trying to do is be a helpmate, and uh, so we've learned to work through that. But don't think evil of yourself." Don't think evil. Don't allow those thoughts. If an evil thought comes, immediately you need to say, Satan, shut up. Immediately you need to speak truth. If a thought comes, you're not good enough. Oh, no, Satan, I don't receive that. I am good enough. Thought comes, you're not loved enough. Uh-uh, I am loved. You don't qualify. Nope, I do qualify. Jesus makes me qualified. You know, the world may say, according to these papers, you don't qualify. But Jesus' paperwork always says you qualify. Always, always. Rejoice not in iniquity. Don't get happy about sin. Don't rejoice about that. That's a real problem in this young generation. This young generation was trained as children to rejoice in bad behavior. If you think about the cartoons they grew up in, how many times did I tell you guys stop watching SpongeBob? How many times did I tell you stop watching the Rugrats and all those, and all those little cartoons that teach that to rejoice and laugh at bad and wrong behavior. No, we're not supposed to do that. Uh, but instead, rejoice in truth, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, uh, or hoping all things endureth all things. Charity or love never fails. Bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. That basically, we could sum it up this way believe the best. Believe the best. Believe the best. You know, obviously, guard your heart, protect your heart, but believe that everybody is doing their best. Believe the best in yourself. Yes, you're going to trip up. Yes, you're going to miss it. Yes, sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing. Yes, sometimes you're going to make the wrong choice. Yes, sometimes you're going to to mistake an emotion for the Holy Ghost. Yes, sometimes you're you're going to make the wrong choice. When that happens, choose to forgive. Number one, repent. Tell God, I'm sorry, I missed it. I purpose in my heart. I'm not going to make that mistake again. And, and immediately God forgives you, but the other thing is, is immediately choose to forgive yourself. Make the adjustment and move on. Stop beating yourselves up. Stop beating yourselves up. It's not worth it. God wouldn't do it. And, and, and this is the point that I really wanted to drive home. God is love, and he created you in his love. There is not a single thing that God would look at you and say, He did a bad job. He would never look at you and go, oh, look, I did a bad job. They have this thing in the art world that's called the seconds, which the seconds are the pieces that don't qualify as the artist's top work. There are no seconds in the kingdom of God. None. There's none. It doesn't matter if you look in the mirror and you smile and your lips disappear. It doesn't matter if your eyes are a little saggy. It doesn't matter if you've got a little bit of a country twang. It doesn't matter if people have to go, now, wait a minute, what did you just say? Because that accent is thick. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have freckles. It doesn't matter if you have perfect olive complexion. It doesn't matter. This is all just a house. This is your house. What matters is what God put on the inside. And honestly... He designed your house with complete perfection for what he has called you to. Your house is designed with complete perfection. I'm going to talk about this house right here. This house right here has been excessively large from infancy. I've seen the pictures. Excessively large from infancy. Does that mean that God hated him and created him incorrectly? No, it doesn't. It means that God created him completely perfectly because what he has gone through in his life allows him to have a level of compassion that nobody else would have. It allows him to have a level of understanding that nobody else can have. It allows him to go through some things. Now, God didn't make you extra, extra large on purpose, but he's going to take this extra large situation and he's going to turn it so that you're going to be able to do things that nobody else would ever be able to do with a level of comprehension and understanding that nobody else would be able to have. I mean, honestly, we've already talked to what, five or six, or I don't know, I've lost count of how many people have gone through a similar situation to him, and already his story is completely different. Completely different. Why? Because God created, because God knew, God knew that you were going to be in that house. He knew that this situation, this this curse was going to be there. Not that you were cursed, but we understand that this happens to people. But but he put everything in Derek that Derek needs to not not only overcome this situation, but to overcome it on top and to use it for the kingdom of God. And that's the same thing for all of us. That's the same thing for this one right here. Look at me. Same thing for you. No, God did not intend for you to go through what you went through as a child. No, God did not intend for you to put yourself what you put yourself through because of the lack of love that you have had for yourself from the time of a child. But here, see, the, the thing is, is honey, the Father has put something in you that most people don't have. God put something in you that has kept you in the Word of God even when you were in the deepest of in when most people wouldn't even come into the door there was a draw in you that kept bringing you back to the father's love so that you could make it in due season so yes there may be some issues on the inside and there may be some issues on the outside but what also is in there is everything that you need to overcome everything Everything that was that God placed in you to overcome, to raise this one, to get the granddaughter to do everything you've done. Everything that you everything that God put in you despite what the world tried to bring against you, it's all in there to overcome. It's all in there to overcome. Everything you need to be the man that you desire to be, to be the father that you desire to be, to be the man of God, the witness of God, the minister of God, through a secular world, it's all in you. It's in you. And let me tell you something, young lady. Everything that you need is in you. You have got to learn to use this thing right here under your nose. It's called your mouth, and you've got to begin to Speak and say the things that God is saying instead of saying the things that the devil is saying. The reason that the devil wants to sniff you, wants to get you to take your life, the reason that that emotion keeps coming, the reason that that keeps coming is because the devil knows that you're a major threat. You are a major threat. But it's not you, it's not your ability up here in your head, it's what God has placed in your spirit. And so it's time for you to get an agreement with the Spirit and stop agreeing with the devil. Because if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And if he takes the mile, you'll take your life. So no more listening to the devil. Do you hear me? That's by the Spirit. That's not, pa- That's not pastor. That's by the Spirit. You have got to learn to get up. You've got to learn to take that red-headed tenacity. You've got to learn to take that voice that'll look me in the eye and say, oh, "I ain't listening to you." You better take that and learn to do it to the devil, or he will get you to take your life. Hasso deki maso 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 ki ishendande. Hasso deki harandande mashe. Hasso kiisha. Oh Lord, we thank, you, we thank you. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Usandande mashe ki i. Hasso ki Hasso. Husso. Let's listen for the Holy Ghost. Husso de de Hamasiki se Husse de Husse de Husso de Ki a Ho Namahasiki Hasso Runde. Y'all just pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute. Hasuki Ki Isha de Father, I thank you. Father, what is it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Miss Bethany, come here. Thank you, Lord. Are we good? Did I put it on mute? I don't ever remember which was which. Test, test, there we go. Miss Bethany, the Lord just said, let you exhort the people. Just. don't go, don't, don't go too soon. I, gave, I handed her a mic. I don't know if this was a good idea no. or not. But the Lord said to exhort.
3: Actually, actually it's exactly what you spoke on today. He loves us so very much, and he is so pleased. I keep on hearing this the last several months. I am so pleased
2: with my people,
3: those that are willing to die to themselves, those who are willing to give up everything they have, for him, that's what he wants from us. Thank you, Lord. He wants us to be totally sold out and radical,
0: Thank
1: all
3: you, in. That's exactly right. Thank he is very pleased and this Thank body. You, I'm telling you,
1: Thank you Father. this body has the love of Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
3: And God's going to use this small little body.
1: Thank you, Lord. He is. Thank you, Lord. In Murphy, North Carolina, he's going to use us Thank mightily. You Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Mari, come here. Sunday. You don't care if we let the Holy Ghost have his way, do you? Glory to God. You got something from the Holy Ghost. I know you do. Thank you, Lord.
2: Yeah, I would like to encourage everyone here, too. I have struggled with pain, and I have gotten some release, and I believe that I am going to be completely restored. It's in his yes. word, and it's going to happen. Yes. I just, people just don't give up. Just stay and stay with it and stay and fight. Yeah,
1: glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And there's something just that simple. Just stay in it. Just don't quit. Just stay in it. I don't know. I don't need that one. Kathy, you got something? I thought she did. Glory Maury, God. where are you? Are you there? Where Pull me? up First Thessalonians
3: five, twelve, and
1: 13. Thank you,
3: Lord. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Now also we beseech you, brethren... Get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them all. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord and those who warn and kindly reprove and exhort you and hold them in very high, most affectionate esteem in appreciation of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So Pastor Robbie, Pastor Mike online, this body is here today to appreciate you it's not october we kind of miss pastor appreciation but you're in white after labor day so we'll call it good we're
1: good we're good Good. there's not a little bit of rebellion now
3: so um as a body we came together and we have this for you um so please accept this and accept our hearts and if you would open it so pastor mike can see it as well
1: (sighs) okay i'm not gonna cry (laughs)
3: That is awesome. That is beautiful. That's the fireman's prayer. And Jesus is with Pastor Mike and all the firemen, always.
0: Oh,
1: I'm not going to cry. We love you. (laughs) No. Yeah, you You hold on to that. We appreciate all all you do. All you do. Oh, my goodness, y'all. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. And we
3: hold you in high esteem.
1: Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I wish Pastor Mike could have been here today. He definitely sends his love. He really hates not being here. Oh, my goodness. That's just, oh. We're going to put that in a good spot. Thank you. That's awesome. Y'all are amazing. We have the best congregation in the world. We do. I told the Lord that the other day. James and Sue and Zach showed up when mom and I were doing some work yesterday, and I kept saying, Your angels sent from heaven. Your angels sent from heaven. They've made it such a light work. And after a while, after we sat down in the office and James and Sue left, Zach looked at me and Zach said, Pastor. I said, yeah, honey. He said, wouldn't that be a demotion? I said, what? He said, you kept saying we're angels sent from heaven. Wouldn't that be a demotion? I said, you know what? Yeah, that would be a demotion. I said, I guess. He said, I thought about it. I was thinking about it last night. And I thought, you know, y'all are saints sent from heaven. Saints. Saints sent from heaven. Wonderful messengers and people of God, and we thank you so, so, so much. That's phenomenal. Um, Well, I guess the only thing left to do is tithes and offering. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, you got your tithe or your offering. Our ushers will come. Mine's hiding in here somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh Father, we do praise you. Oh, is this the dime? Yes. Is that the dime? Yes. That's the dime. If you miss the fellowship, you don't know the dime story. That's the dime. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay. Glory to God. That's awesome. That's the dime. Glory to God. Well, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for your divine provision. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the word of truth. Father, we thank you that you exhorted us and taught us how to begin to love ourselves this morning. And so, Father, as we begin to do the work, Father, we just ask that you bring this change and the shift to our mind and our emotions quickly in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we give you glory and we give you honor and we thank you. For your divine provision. Father we thank you for safe travels. For Dakota and Christina and little baby Katie. Father God. Father have your hand upon them. Not just here but at home. Father bring an increase to their life. Bring a blessing to their life. Father just overwhelm them with your goodness. Somebody get me Christina. Somebody get me Christina. Quick. <laughs> Where is she at? Get her for me. I just heard the Lord say this as we're going to take up our ties. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. No, he's good. He's got this. He's got this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. I just heard the Lord say this. We're just going to bless them real quick. I just heard the Lord. as I just I just had an unction to pray for him, and then I heard the Lord say, lay hands on him and bless him. So we just want to bless him real quick. Yep. You can bring the baby, too. It'll be all right. We'll bless her, too. <laughs> we'll bless her, too. Thank you, Father. And if y'all don't know, Dakota was one of our first youth members. He was right there with us. We've we've uh, He's Kathy's son. He's blessed, and we've watched him grow. And Yeah, penguins. Oh, Lord, penguins. Oh, Lord, penguins. I thought about that earlier when I was talking about youth ministers. Come on. Did he stay back there? There he is. He's bringing the baby. Awesome. Come on. Come on. I thought, I was trading. We were just praying. We were in the service. We were taking tithes and offerings, and the Lord said, lay hands on you and bless you. So we just want to bless you. So, Father God, Father, we thank you for Christina. We thank you for Dakota. Let me find their heads, Lord. Father, we thank you for both of them. Father, we just anoint them with oil. And we ask that you coat them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Little baby Katie, too, Father God. Father, we don't forget the word that you placed upon her, that she's got angels that go with her everywhere she goes. And, Father, we thank you for this family. Now, Father, bless them with that blessing right there. Thank you, Lord. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Father, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Ha-ha. Thank you, Lord. Overwhelming love. Thank you, Father. Yep, thank you, Lord. Done, done, done. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed, (laughs) blessed, Miss Katie. Blessed. (laughs) Blessed. Glory to God. Blessed. We just bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Well, Father, is there anything else? Father, we do ask that you bless the tithes and the offerings. Satan, take your grubby hands off their increase in every area. Satan's, go get it. Cause prosperity in every area of life to come. Father, we thank you that your word is true and that your word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You can serve